Connecting with and supporting others who have been through similar experiences as you are at the core of our next guest mission in life and the inspiring work happening with her company. Joining me in this episode is Dr. Charu Ramanathan, the CEO of Vital Exchange, a platform centered around the needs of you and your loved ones. Charu shares why she started her company, how the Vital Exchange app works, and how she and her team are supporting and empowering families caring for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Find out how Vital Exchange is giving a new sense of hope and is shaping a better and brighter future for the wellness of its users and communities. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Charu. A big welcome to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. It's an honor and thank you for inviting me. Well, Charu, after learning about your passion and mission in life by way of a note from the sibling of a former colleague of mine, I knew I had to have you on the podcast and I can't wait for our community to learn about your inspiring work and how they can all be involved as well. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Charu, it's almost time to learn how you and your team are supporting and empowering families caring for individuals with intellectual and developmental differences. But first, I'm gonna randomly select a question so we can get to know you personally, and we'll take it from there. Let's see what comes up. Oh man, here's what we're talking about. So this question to me is so important given the time that we're in with the pandemic, and we can't really do this right now. Where's your favorite place on earth and why? My favorite place on earth is Costa Rica. I've been there a couple of times and it's on my list of places to move to once I'm retired. It's beautiful. It's very similar to how I grew up, except less deadly snakes and bugs. I grew up in Kochi, Kerala, India, and Costa Rica is lovely. People love their country. It's environmentally conscious. The health system is pretty fair. I think to me, that's paradise. And I look forward to retiring there someday. Well, so all of my friends, I have not been to Costa Rica yet. It is high on my list, given everybody having these huge remarks when I asked them, where do you love to travel? Oh, it's Costa Rica. And you, yet again, proved it why. But a lot of my friends that go there, go there for the surfing. Are you a surfer? No, I'm not. In fact, I am very hydrophobic. I cannot even swim. I'm the type of person that digs their feet in the sand and sits on the beach watching the water. Well, there's nothing wrong with that either. And what I would give to be able to do that right now, while I love my mountains, I love living in them. I love living by them. I love being surrounded by them here in Colorado. What I would give to see some water right about now. Oh, yeah. 
Well, thank you for that. And hopefully we can get through this pandemic so we can get on with life and go park ourselves on a beach. Sounds like Costa Rica is right at the top of that list. So thank you for sharing that, Charu. And let's start diving in, you know, Vital Exchange. You guys have been at it now for almost two years, but this is not your first rodeo in regards to launching and leading a startup and new technologies to move the healthcare industry forward. You know, Charu, share with us that journey into where you are today with Vital Exchange, why you launched it, et cetera. But take us back on some of the journey that you've had leading up to it. Like I said, not your first company. Share with us that founder's journey and get us up to speed to today's work with Vital Exchange. Sure. So I grew up in India and I did my undergrad in biomedical engineering in Kochi, Kerala. And I did want to do higher education for the reason that I felt like I wasn't knowledgeable enough to get in the workforce. And another reason that I just didn't know what to do with my life. So decided that we would move to the, I was married at the time, newlywed. My husband also was gunning for graduate school. And the both of us moved to Cleveland, Ohio. There was no Google search and Google map at the time to really check the weather. So we moved here cold, cold January, 1995. And joined Case Western Reserve University and joined the master's program and then decided to stay on for a PhD. And the technology that I worked on was a non-invasive cardiac mapping technology that gave a view of what was going on in the heart. If you had a rhythm abnormality or an arrhythmia, you'd be able to use this technology to see non-invasively and doctors could plan procedures and die treatment and things like that. And my PhD project, along with a couple other students, was to take it from bench to bedside. And during that transformative process, I kind of learned a lot of things in product development, things that you typically don't learn just doing one side R or D. I really learned that. And the teams that we worked with, with the university hospitals in Cleveland, the cardiologists there were super excited about, you know, seeing this heart non-invasively. And they started sending patients to us in the lab under an IRB to map. And one such patient was a very famous soccer player from Senegal. And he had a rhythm abnormality while doing one of his stress tests. And then they send them to us. And he was sent for a procedure back in Boston where his doctor was, etc. But it's just this frenzy of activity around this bench technology that had gotten an IH grant that I was going to get a PhD out of suddenly felt like, oh my God, this could help patients. And the physician community was excited. We were getting patients. And so started to, we had four patents around that technology and really started to talk to the university to see, hey, can we do something about it? At that time, I also had a mentor that I was working for as a campus job and that had started a company. He's an ex-Stanford alum and he had moved to Cleveland to start a stem cell technology company. And you know, that whole transformation from a PhD grad student to I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I want to do. I want to take this technology, build a company around it, because that commercialization path is how technology scales and can reach a lot of people. That's kind of how I started my first company called Cardio Insights. Ran it eight years, built the technology, got the C mark, FD approval, and, you know, got several rounds of funding. And Finally, uh, Medtronic acquired it in 2015, and I was in Medtronic for a couple of years to transition the team. 
And then obviously I needed to get out and do what I do best, which is thrive in a startup environment. And I wanted to do something that was in a field that was not directly device manufacturing, but actually something that was more along algorithms, AI, machine learning. And at that time, I was also at a stage in my life where I wanted to create some global impact. And with a couple other co-founders, one of whom is a co-founder of Vital Exchange, the company that I run now, we started a company called Lokyata in Washington, D.C. that develops credit scoring models for the global poor. So it's, it's a financial inclusion based on AI technology, and they are in four different countries now. The company's doing really well. And, you know, we've since COVID, we've given out, you know, enabled 2 million loans to people, a lot of women, a lot of entrepreneurs in emerging economies. So I'm very proud of that effort. And meanwhile, all along, I had this feeling that I'm a healthcare entrepreneur. There's just so much of this AI technology that can be used to enable people. And around that time, both myself and my co-founder, Ketal Patel, you know, we were good friends. He was a lead product development at Cardio Insight. We had founded Lokyata together. We got into a cadence of having health problems because, you know, we were in our mid-40s. We were getting some chronic illnesses, both mental and physical stressors. We had children in their teens that were dealing with certain issues at school and, you know, issues of growing up. We had parents that were getting aged and they had issues of, you know, aging. Constantly, we were hitting Google. We were part of, you know, I'm myself part of 13 Facebook groups. But, you know, we didn't really want to be, we couldn't go beyond the constraints of data privacy, exploitation. We couldn't get information that we could exactly digest to really figure out what that actionable next step was. And heck, I had a PhD in biomedical engineering. I was a healthcare entrepreneur and I was really, really confused as to, you know, what to do. And that was one of that aha moments when we said, well, if, if we're struggling like this, I'm sure everyone else is struggling. Let's just talk to others and see if this is a common problem. And that's what we did. We talked to hundreds of patients over 20 different indications and realized that there was an opportunity here to create something that would be powered by technology, but actually solve the information problem and the loneliness problem in healthcare, where a patient could connect with another patient that has walked in their shoes before so that they would give counsel, support, just an empathetic shoulder to cry on and strategies for people to manage and empower them to take charge of their own health. Well, thank you for that, Charu. And there's a nugget in there, especially for our entrepreneurs and startups that are listening in that I want to highlight because I think it's so important. I know that we've adopted it with a lot of the startups I've been working with. It's always getting that end user feedback and how incredibly important it is. You even said it, Charu, you spoke to hundreds and hundreds of people to gain that valuable insight of what you should be building. It's not the build it and they will come. We should, as entrepreneurs and as technologists, we should be thinking about what is the need in the marketplace. So thank you for sharing that. I definitely wanted to highlight it because that is important. Going out there, doing the hard work, rolling up the sleeves, getting that necessary feedback to ensure that you're building for the pain points that are in the marketplace. So again, thank you for that. Well, let's talk about really quickly, I'm going to tee you up, share the mission of Vital Exchange 
exchange. And then you can, you know, obviously dive deeper for us, share with where you're at currently. And then of course, where it's going as well. But in short, your mission at Vital Exchange is to enable participatory healthcare by empowering healthcare consumers with a peer network, actionable health content, tools and resources to prompt healthcare consumer engagement and action. So give us a little bit more in depth what that means, how is that working in practicality in the marketplace, and then we'll talk about where things are heading for you and the team at Vital Exchange. Yes. So quite simply, what we want to do is take a patient, enable me information that I can understand, and then offer me choices that I can afford and access. And then things will work out really well. What has happened with the healthcare system, for whatever reason, and that has evolved over the last you know, few tons of years, is that we've leased out as consumers the power of attorney or our franchise to someone else to make those decisions for us that's best for us. It has to fit with our behavioral psychology. It has to fit with our socioeconomic background. I mean, the fact is that this empowerment or that authoritative, you know, that paternal healthcare component, how is that working out for us? It's resulted in $3.6 trillion that the health and human services in the United States, that's what the healthcare costs are because the participatory medicine component is so important because at the end of the day, I'm spending 8,000 plus hours in a year away from a healthcare provider to do whatever it is that I want. I'm not exercising. I don't have access to good food. You know, only seven out of 12 prescriptions are filled in a year. Why? Because I don't understand it. I don't own it. So why not have a system that really gives me me as the patient, the center of the universe, access to everything I need to really, really take charge of the most important asset in life, which is health. Wow. Thank you for that. And in regards to these communities that you are building as well, there's so many different communities within health and healthcare. Are you looking to broaden what that definition is, maybe even today and tomorrow? That's a great question. So, you know, I'd like to kind of share a philosophy. So what has happened in healthcare in terms of the way we interface with healthcare providers is most of them, there's the primary care, family care, which is the umbrella part, and then the rest of it's specialty, right? So if you have a heart problem, you go to a cardiologist. If you have a liver problem, you go to a hepatologist, you go to an endocrinologist, if you have diabetes and so on and so forth, which is awesome if from a medical training standpoint, because you have a specialist that is really, really, really specialized in what they do. But when you look at it from that patient standpoint, we're not a bunch of organ systems, right? So let's take vital exchange, for instance, the first space that we wanted to focus on were families that were dealing with special needs children or caring for special needs individuals. And why did we choose that? Because these families are not only dealing with healthcare issues, but they're dealing with a lot of adjacencies associated with healthcare. Each family has a nurse, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, a speech therapist, a psychotherapist, a neurologist, and sometimes a GI, because some children with autism have GI issues. And can you imagine one poor parent who is taking care of a child and their educational needs, now quarterbacking six, seven providers. Wow, right? So we said, all right, this 
is a group where we can really delight them. We can really remove the desperation by connecting them to other parents because we found these champion parents that could literally have an invisible cape that had gone to the ends of the earth to help their children. They were so altruistic that they were willing to help others. So basically we said, all right, this matchmaking has to happen. So we did that component. And what we realized very quickly was the amount of mental health issues in this group was extremely high. And when we actually looked up papers and the literature around it, it turns out that special needs families and caregivers typically have three to four times the propensity for chronic illnesses, higher levels of stress and anxiety and depression. And now you start to see the human condition and you really start to see that if you build a community, you start growing in so many ways, which is so much beyond that condition itself. And we really want these families, these caregivers to indulge in self-care because it's like in the airlines, right? You put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone else. So that's kind of how we're trying to build adjacency in the community. Wellness and self-care is a very important philosophy for us. And, you know, we have about 32 different conditions from autoimmune conditions, cardiac conditions, anxiety, learning disability, et cetera, that are all adjacent to this population. So, I mean, if you don't have a child with special needs but want to join Vital Exchange, you can join it because you have a child with learning disability or you have anxiety yourself. Well, and you hit on something that I think is incredibly salient with what we're living with today, and that's COVID-19. And of course, that is not going anywhere anytime soon. And this notion around self-care, you know, we had a number of episodes ago, Dr. Megan Jones-Bell, the chief science and strategy officer at Headspace, talking about the epidemic within the pandemic, which is mental well-being and mental health. And of course, that then slides into this notion of self-care and, and really being able to deliver actionable opportunities to take care of oneself in times of great crisis like we're in right now. And so with that, Charo, can you share a bit what is happening within the Vital Exchange community, your company, or all together around this notion of this crisis we've never seen in our lifetimes? How has this pandemic impacted you and where are you seeing the opportunity to take Vital Exchange to help with this global crisis? Yeah, so we are a social connectivity platform first and foremost. And when COVID happened, there was the, the whole social isolation and a lot of confusion around, you know, the uncertainty in the future, lots of, you know, government movement in terms of, you know, social security, grants, stimulus packages, and the infrastructure that these families had put in place with the Medicaid support programs, et cetera, started to come under question. And especially a majority of our platform is in autism now. And the children are so used to routine and the parents have had put in, spent a lot of time putting an infrastructure in place. And suddenly, you know, when the face-to-face programs just got lifted, we were able to really, really step in and say, come to Vital Exchange, connect with other parents. And in fact, I would say 90% of the conversations were had nothing to do with health. Over from a, we launched in April, and you know around June, May, June, July timeframe, most of the conversations were around social security, in understanding how to manage time. You know, we had a parent that in an apartment whose child 
was getting really, really troubled inside the apartment. And we had another parent that loaned their yard. So they would stay inside and they actually loaned their yard so that the parent could go and, you know, take the child and play outside while this other family was socially isolating. So we really saw the catalysis, if you will, of human connections. And it was unfortunate because of COVID, but I do think it's situations like this that bring people together. And we feel really proud that despite COVID time, we are able to be a solution provider that's really bringing back that human fiber of connectivity back to the society. And we want to continue leveraging that, continue bringing more and more pieces. So we take people from having a lack of a support system to a support system, to information, to empower them to make decisions and finally access to a community of resources that they can access when they need it, how they need it, and based on their own philosophies in their lives. Well, what a beautiful example of being able to connect two families for the simple act to allow the child to go and play in the yard and play safely during these unprecedented times. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story. And so, Charles, now let's start thinking about what's happening in the future, right? I usually ask our leaders that are on this podcast, like yourself, what does it look like in the next three to five years? We don't even know what next week's going to look like at this point with things changing so rapidly, not only for the industry, but just for society and our lives more generally. But what does it look like for Vital Exchange? Where are you heading in the next 6, 9, 12, 18 months? And how do you see that impacting your work within the industry and within our communities across the country? Great question. So for us right now, we are aggressively building in the community providers whether they're solo or small businesses or larger businesses that are doing something unique for the community. You know, for example, one of the businesses that that we're going to work with is called Augment Therapy. They are offering augmented reality platform. Guess what? It's great, right? In COVID time, social isolation. So really innovative companies that we can bring to the vital exchange marketplace so we can match parents to it. So, you know, these are parents that have waited outside in line outside the social security administration to get the money, then go and call a few people to get those six, seven providers. Why don't we create an environment, you know, catalyzed by the fact that a lot of providers are now switching to telehealth and remote service delivery you know, Vital Exchange has the user base that's looking for them. Why don't we just create those very, very, you know, Vital Exchange, Vital Matches, so that we together can transform how healthcare is delivered and how consumers can access the provider network based on, you know, like we do something in Amazon, right? We go there, we want to buy something, we search for it, and we get it. In Vital Exchange, we match. If someone's looking for a counselor, we match them to a counselor that's suitable for them in their geography and et cetera. So we want to provide that matchmaking, and we're really looking for really visionaries that are wanting to work across, you know, company lines, across state lines to be able to be part of a virtual community that could be huge. Well, what a wonderful vision for what's coming up shortly on the horizon. Cause as I said, things are moving fast as I know you and the team at Vital Exchange are doing the same. So we'll definitely keep that in mind. And for those visionaries listening in, do get a hold of Charu and the team, which will be sharing those contact points in just a moment. But with that Charu, let's flip the script and even 
lean on the community here at Passion of Pioneers even more. What is one problem, need, or question that you and the Vital Exchange team have that we can be contemplating or helping you with? I think one of the underlying philosophies, and I've kind of repeated multiple themes of it so far, is how do we bring consumerism to health? How do we empower patients and caregivers to take charge of their own health and how can we get them to own it? So my challenge and my call to this community of leaders and pioneers is how do we work across business boundaries? And I think, you know, we talked in our conversation right before this podcast, Mike, is the concept that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when electronic medical records came out, the fact that they were exclusive to one provider has created enormous interoperability issues, which is driving so much cost and it's held hospitals hostage to a single product that may or may not be the best. On top of that, and most importantly, this lack of transferability of information is causing patient morbidity and death. I personally know multiple cases where this has happened. And the only way that this can be solved is if we all work together. And every time someone asks me, isn't Vital Exchange like this other community? And I I always tell them there's at least 3.4 billion people that are in need of support. When I've reached 3.4 billion, I'll worry about it. There is a lot of room for growth. There's no doubt about it. Well, thank you for that. And for our community, as you mentioned, a community filled with incredible, inspiring leaders from all aspects of the industry. So looking forward to our community to lean in on that, to think it through and to connect with you and to share more. And so with that, where can we find you online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise, so our community can get in touch and work alongside you? Okay, so our website is www.vitalexchange, without an E, so V-I-T-A-L-X-C-H-A-N-G-E.com. My email is charu, C-H-A-R-U, at vitalexchange.com. Twitter is at vitalexchange. Facebook, we have a Facebook also, Vital Exchange, and we also have a Facebook group, Vital Exchange, and you can find me on LinkedIn at Charu Ramanathan, C-H-A-R-U, last name R-A-M-A-N-A-T-H-A-N, and we also have a LinkedIn page called Vital Exchange. Excellent. Thank you for sharing all that. And if you are in your podcast player right now, listening to this episode, simply scroll down into the episode notes and all of those contact points Charu listed out will be there. Additionally, you can head over to passionatepioneers.com, our free global online community, where we'll have an article for Charu's episode with all of those contact points and an opportunity to leave some questions, comments, maybe share some ideas that uh, you might have in regards to one of the items she left with us to think through again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, thank you for sharing that, Charu. And then we're going to start closing it down here. And before we do that, I do have one of my personally favorite parts of the episode, and it's a fill in the blank. Please fill this in for us. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I refuse to accept the status quo. I want to be one of the innovators that works together with everyone else to bring consumerism back into healthcare. 
I knew I liked you even before we recorded this podcast. This is exactly why I was so excited to connect with you because I'm right there with you. The status quo no longer works. We have to think anew and we have to do it together. So thank you for sharing that. And Charu, thank you for being with us today. I know how busy you are in building your incredible company and the communities around this nation to further the health of everyone in our country. So thank you for your dedication and everything you're doing at the Vital Exchange team. Let us know how we can continue to support. But for now, thank you for being with us and for all that you do. Thank you so much, Mike. It's an honor. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.